0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Before we get into the episode, there's just a few things I want to let you know. First, I would like to thank the sponsor for the podcast, Houghton Horns. For those of you that aren't familiar, Houghton Horns is a family-owned business in Keller, Texas, and their mission is to spread the joy of music through providing the highest level of products, services, and resources to the brass playing community. As brass players, the mouthpieces that we choose will have a huge impact on the sound that our instrument produces, as well as how easy it is to produce that sound. Houghton Horns has a wide selection of mouthpieces to choose from, including Giddings, Greg Black, Pickett, and many more. If you're interested in trying out a new mouthpiece, Houghton Horns is the place to go. At Houghton Horns, they strive to put service to the customer as their top priority. So whether you are a beginner student, a hobbyist, or a full-time professional, Houghton Horns can help you find what you're looking for. Go to HoughtonHorns.com for more information. The other thing I wanted to let you know is this episode with Chris Smith is actually about three hours long. There's a Q&A on the back half of it, so I'm going to just cut it. So we'll have part one and part two. Part two will come out in about two weeks, I believe. And we're also just going to, you'll hear the end of it's kind of weird. So um, that's what's going on with that. Now we can get into this great episode with Chris Smith, Principal Trumpet of the San Diego Symphony. Welcome to That's
1: Not Spit, It's Condensation.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. I'm Ryan Beach, and on today's episode, uh, I'm really excited for this. This is the very first time I've brought somebody back onto the podcast Um, I have here with me Principal Trumpet of the San Diego Symphony, Chris Smith. Uh, When I spoke to Chris previously, it was a total cold call. I had seen that he had won the job and I was doing that Winning the Job series and I reached out to him and uh, I have been thankful for the connections I've made, but Chris and I have stayed in touch more than most of the sort of cold call guests, even though I'm still on good terms and stuff. We've just sort of continued to talk about some of these ideas about, uh, you know, getting the job done and practice organization and what that looks like. And uh, I've found him to be challenging for me, I remember one time I put the word flexibility and you like sent me a message you know because you're really big on on the terminology and the and the um, I mean semantics do matter in, in many instances so uh, I felt it was cool to do a few things one, I want to talk to him about all of the uh, content he's been creating as if you're a trumpet player there's no way you haven't seen some of if not a lot of the stuff he's been putting out. I would like to talk to him about uh, sort of a follow up to the episode that we did a year or more ago, I guess a year and a half ago or so. And then I kind of, I did a Q&A. We, we asked for some people for some questions. There are a few of those that might lead to some good conversation. So that's the goal. That's the plan for this particular episode. Before we get into all of that, I wanted to say, Chris, I really appreciate you giving me your time and your thoughts and energy for this episode. Thank you.
1: Ryan, thanks. It's great to be back again. And, um, you know, thanks for, uh, when you introduced me, um, Chris Smith, it, it, we are doing this interview the day after Christmas. And so Merry Christmas to everyone, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nice dad joke.
0: Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, I, like I said, I think we'll get started with, um, I mean, we sort of talked about it a little bit before, so I think I'll just open-ended throw it your way and see kind of what you have to say about it and we'll dig into it. But you did, uh, I mean, a huge etude project with the Bordonis doing it once a Mm -hmm. day. You've done a lot of multi-track trumpet stuff. You obviously had your garage sessions, which you are officially not doing anymore. Yeah, we're done. (laughs) So I just thought it would be cool to sort of reflect on the genesis of what this is to sort of get a, a somewhat of a full picture of how something like this would come about, uh, what the yeah. kind of humble beginnings
1: it started with. And then we'll just have a conversation and see where it takes us. Absolutely. Um, as if anybody has been kind of following along with the, with the Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, um, you know, when we, when we got, uh, we, we were put out of work, um, back in March and, um, I came home, I raided my locker, emptied my locker, all the trumpets, everything came home and, um, you know my wife and i we live in a in a high rise here in downtown san diego and i've never practiced at home i <laughs> uh, i warm up at home with a practice mute but that's the extent of the practicing that i've ever done at home for literally the last 20 years and um so i didn't know what i was going to do <laughs> i uh really struggled for a, a day or two just like i, I, I okay i'm going to practice in this practice mute and that felt terrible and you know it's quaint to think like back in march we we're thinking, gosh, we'll be back to work in like April or May. This is going to pass through and whatever. Um, you know, that obviously is not what has happened. Um, so I thought, well, I can I can do the practice mute thing for a week or two. And, you know, as time went on, uh, after about a week of that, I was like, I, I've got to stay in shape. <laughs> I didn't have tenure uh, with the orchestra at the time. I didn't know when we were going to go back to work. And I thought, I can't do this playing in a practice mute Um for weeks or months on end and then be expected to come back to work and, and sound amazing. I, uh, not only that just seemed like adding a, a level of difficulty that in an already challenging situation of, that none of us have been in of not being in, uh, able to work for, you know, at that time, weeks on end. So uh, I was talking with some friends. They said, um, hey, you know, you can probably just go down to your car and, and just practice there, just shut the door and maybe put some earplugs in. And I thought, I'm, I'm desperate. I need, I need to do something. So I went downstairs, opened up the door to my car and I thought I park on the sort of upper underground level. And I thought there, there are two more levels underneath me. I wonder if I go down a couple levels, if that, if that will make it a little more private, at least for me, went down there, not a car in sight. <laughs> I was like, actually, I wonder if I can just kind of play here. Um, so this is at about two o'clock in the afternoon, pulled out my trumpet, you know, started playing. About 10 minutes later, some, uh, some staff kind of walked up to me and they're like, (laughs) what are you doing? Do you have permission to be down here? You know, all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a drag, you know? So I talked to them and, um, they're like, gosh, you know, we work upstairs and we don't want to hear this. And I'm like, okay, guys, it's like, it's, it's all good. And we'll sort it out. So, um, backed up, Trump, there was no recording happening by there. This is just me like blowing the walls down, just trying to, (laughs) trying to stay in shape. And, um, so I packed everything up, went back upstairs and I thought, okay, you know, I've been in this situation before. Um, which is to say, uh, usually if there's somebody around to complain to, people will complain. If there's nobody around to complain to, then I'll kind of be able to get my way here. So, uh, the next day I waited until, um, about seven o'clock at night, I, w- I looked up at like what time does the staff leave <laughs> in this in this in this high rise? Oh, they leave at six. Cool. I'm going to go down at seven thirty. That way, you know, hopefully these guys, any stragglers or whatever, you know, may have left. Went down there at seven thirty. The rest is history. Everybody left me alone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nobody to complain to, and, um, <laughs> and and I was able to play. And um, you know, at, at that time, uh, the um, San Diego Symphony was asking for a, you know, like a little little video for maybe donors or something. And I thought, well, this'll be fun. Um, so I did a little Gershwin thing called it, you know, Gershwin in the garage and, um, it, it came out okay. And I thought, well, I mean, I'm going to, this is where I'm going to practice. I may as well use this time wisely. And, um, I, I had, uh, I've been playing, I've been recording, uh, etudes for, uh, about the last five years. Um, my goal, uh, well, those started, um, and I, I don't think we talked about this last time, but um, about five or six years ago, I was giving a master class in, in Bogota in Colombia. Um, the Montreal Symphony was on tour, and um, so I'm standing there, a buddy of mine, we're, we're doing a joint master class, and um, one of the students is playing an A-tube and it wasn't going well. And in a way that it was like, I don't think this person knows how this goes. It wasn't really like a trumpet playing issue. It was like a kind of a musical thing. Um, I was like, I don't think this person's ever. So I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, um, have you ever heard this before? And the answer was no. And I, and I said, well, have you gone online? Have you, you know, looked on? And he's like, yeah, there's no recordings, which like dumbfounded me. (laughs) I just thought, how is there no how are there no recordings of this like Bousquet etude or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah and um, sure enough you know we get home get back to Montreal and um, I look online and you know what there weren't any recordings of this particular Bousquet. and I thought well you know what I'm gonna record it <laughs> um, so much of what we you know uh, what we do as students is uh, particularly students of trumpet and those of us that want to playing an orchestra, you know, there's a million versions of of uh pictures at an exhibition out there, and there's a million versions of of Petrushka. Um but I also understand in the master classes that I've given that a lot of there's a huge disconnect between like learning um learning an etude and then having that translate to um over to like what we would actually be working on uh in order to like win a position. So I started recording these etudes and, um, you know, at the time my goal was, uh, you know, I would record one on a week off. <laughs> and, um, so if I got four or five a year, um, that was kind of my goal. I thought, gosh, over, over a long period of time, maybe I'll have like 25 or, or 30 <laughs> or, you know, maybe I'll have 50, you know, and, um, we're, you and I are talking here on December 26th and I think that I've, um, I look on my YouTube channel and it, because I, right when I get done recording, I upload it. So at least it's on YouTube. If my computer crashes or something, there's at least an online version of it. But um, right now, I think I have. 170 <laughs> videos. Not all of them are released. I mean, I release them, you know, drip, drip, drip. But um, so this is inconceivable to me that I have <laughs> like 170 uh, videos that are either out or will will be uh, put out. So anyways, all of that to say that, you know, the uh, the garage sessions were born out of necessity, um, at least what I believe to be necessity of not having a place to to play in a healthy environment. Um, and then, you know, using that time that I thought, gosh, you know, I'll, I'll just record some things. And th- and then that, those some things turned into lots of other some things. And, um, like you said, I, I did a Bordoni project, uh, I recorded, um, the first 24, uh, Bordoni etudes, and, um, that was a challenge. Um, and I think there are going to be a couple other projects coming down the pike here, um, that I'll probably complete, uh, recording like complete books um, just slowly over time, it won't be 24 days in a row or whatever. But um, so that is the sort of long answer to <laughs> things being born out of necessity. Uh, but I think that that's how it's always been with me of, of, and I think that's how it is with a lot of people, which is to say, you know, um, our challenges on the trumpet, we, we look online and we think, Oh gosh, I want to do what this person's doing. And I want to do what that person's doing. I want high notes like this person. And I want low, and, and you know, we don't always, <laughs> we can't be everything to everybody, right? Um, I mean, there are, there are certainly things that I do better than than others, you know? Um, and there are things that other people do better than me. And, and that's just the way it works. But, you know, I've found that, you know when I won the job in Montreal, I was always kind of a high note person and um, it was a little bit of a shock to myself <laughs> included, <laughs> but to everyone that I was going to play low notes and you know what, I figured it out. You know, it was born out of necessity. It was, I want to play in an orchestra. I've got this fourth uh, utility job. Um, I'm going to figure it out. And it took a lot of trips to stork mouthpieces <laughs> to, to figure out what was going to work. It took a lot of trips to Yamaha to get the trumpet tapped on and, and you know, uh, tweaked and everything. Um, and that worked. And so you know, throughout my uh, career, you know, as I've, as my, the needs have changed, you know, I'm always open to like, okay, something else has to change here. The equipment recently, the space, you know, everything. Um, So, you know, these things are born out of necessity, you know, and and I try to be open to it. I try to like, let things kind of take me where, where they need to take me and not me pushing them in a one direction or, or another, so.
0: Yeah man there's a number there's a number of directions that mm-hmm. I feel would be valuable to take this conversation and I'm going to forget some of them while we talk about this this direction you know I think it would be easy and I think a lot of people did find a lack of motivation when the pandemic hit and we didn't have ensembles or lessons or concerts or whatever to right. motivate us as this external thing is the thing guiding us and driving us and so I think the lack of motivation could lead people to not spending as much time as they maybe had been in the practice room, which is fine, like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But what's interesting to me is that, you know, I would like you to actually walk us through what it took for you to set up down in the garage and then to bring it oh, back yeah. up because I remember you talking about that. And just with, while he's talking about this, I'm, I'll am I be trying to think about how much effort went involved for you to be able to just practice. (laughs) And so there's this disconnect, I think for you, you seem to be a person who is like, it's not even about motivation. It's about what do I, like, like you said, born out of necessity, what do I need Mm -hmm. to do? And so acknowledging that everyone has different levels of that kind of intensity or drive or motivation. I'm just curious what we can kind of learn from the way you approached it and why you approached it
1: that way. Well, let's be clear up front. Like, um, I don't begrudge anybody who, you know, um, as a professional uh, has taken this time off and, and from our regular jobs and, and really taken time off. You know, I, I mean, every, everybody's going to crack this nut. In a different way, some people desperately needed the time off. Some people desperately needed to, you know, maybe heal their bodies after decades of, you know, overuse on their shoulders, if they're a string player, or elbows or wrists or whatever. Um, you know, brass players on our, you know, damaged, damaged chops and <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know uh, everything that. So, so for me, I look at it as the requirement isn't that um, everybody go out and record etudes and pump that out online. Um, that for me, the requirement was, um, just understanding myself and trying to understand myself better. Um, so what is the motivating factor? You know, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, I, I mentioned that I didn't have tenure, uh, with the orchestra when this, with San Diego Symphony when this started. So motivating factor certainly is, well, I want, I'd like to keep my job, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I enjoy it. I enjoy my colleagues. I'd like this to not, stop. Um, and I'm worried that if I don't practice, um, that I'm going to lose my job, you know, that I won't get tenure. Um, so certainly that was the, the overriding, um, factor up front. Um, and then realizing later, uh, I, I did get tenure, um, back in, um, June or July. I can't, I'm sorry. I can't remember. <laughs> it's like literally or July. like could 10 have been years ago. Or, almost, yeah. yeah. It could have been yesterday or 10 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, I did eventually get tenure. And then, uh, you know, the idea was, okay, well, well what now, <laughs> you know, I mean, I could have easily just put the trumpet away. Um, but I also realized like money isn't necessarily a motivating factor for me. Um, I, I am somebody that contrary to, uh, what people see online, um, and the amount of things that i put out, um, you know, that I understand that I'm a bit of uh, objects in motion stay in motion. So um, the idea for me was to, okay, can I create, can I be creating without overwhelming myself? Because um, I, I, I also need to be careful about that too. Um, and I learned that lesson uh, with doing those 24 um Etudes, which was, it was a stretch at the end to like make sure that. Um, I mean, when I started releasing the very first etudes, I think I was only halfway through the book. I think I'd only done 12, and, and it was like, well, this is happening. So <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> um, and I think I got the last two recorded, like, you know, two days before the end of this thing. Um, So I learned a lesson. I was like, I'm not going to put out 24 etudes in a row again like that. uh, You know, I'm sure that your listeners also are aware of uh, Jim Wilt um, putting on an etude a day. Uh, um, I applaud him. Um, Like I said, at the beginning here, everybody was going to have to crack this nut differently. And so he's chosen um, his route. Um, and uh, as I've said before, there's no competition. The, this isn't, at least from my end, and, I, and I'm, you know, I know Jim, I know that he's not in competition with anybody. Um, but just to be clear, so that your listeners understand that there, there's not a competition out there. Yeah. Um, we're doing this to, just to try to Stay in shape, um, to, and 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 for for me, you know, I, I like to write things on my videos um, in in the write up about like here's what was challenging for me, or here's what I enjoyed about this, or here's what I didn't enjoy about, <laughs> you know, whatever. Here's why I think this is important to record this particular etude. So, um, you asked about um, the setup, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Um, so sorry, I'm kind of rambling. No, no, this is, bit, but, this is um, perfect. This is perfect. But I
0: mean before you dig into it, my setup yeah. is I walk into my my I walk <laughs> like three feet to my room yeah. and then my trumpets are already open in a case. Like I have right. one hanging on the wall over here and then I start yeah. practicing. So as like that's my my workflow. And I'm just yeah. like I'm I'm gonna love hearing what your workflow is because it's yeah, it's it would be uh I feel a uh something to tackle, basically.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean as you can, we're doing this on zoom, you're not, people won't hear it on the pod or see it on the podcast, but I'm in a, in a practice room now. Uh, we were able to, uh, get one of these studio bricks and, and set up a virtually soundproof, uh, place for me to practice. But, um, obviously that wasn't the case back in March. That wasn't even on the radar (laughs) back in March. Um, as I, as I'd said before, I've never practiced at home. So it was no stranger to me, um, to, uh, you know, my, my old routines were get up at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, when I lived in Montreal and, and walk two blocks to the hall, um, you know, key card myself in, um, take the elevator up two floors, get to my locker, unlock everything, pull all the trumpets out, everything I needed, and then go down to the hall and practice at, you know, this is happening at about four twenty in the morning. Um, and so when I came to, uh, San Diego, uh, same situation. You know, I leave my horns in the locker. So, you know, I, the first train, we live right near a tro- uh, trolley stop. Uh, that first trolley, uh, takes off at 445. And so I'm down there at about 440, get on the trolley, go to, go to work. And, um, you know, I'm opening up, opening up my locker at, you know, five o'clock and, um, starting my warm up. So the idea that, um, it was a challenge to, uh, pack everything up take it down to the basement. I mean, that wasn't new to me. (laughs) Um, I'm used to sort of like uh, my practicing sort of in my head starts, you know, a good half an hour before I actually touch the trumpet. (laughs) So um, now not so much. I can literally just open this door and and I'm in the studio and and get to work, you know. Um, But what it ended up being was, um, you know, I would have a, a bunch of books and I'd load up literally a um, reusable Trader Joe's bag. I, I forgot to take a picture of this, but it's just, it's so pathetic. There's <laughs> like, uh, there's just like, it's filled with, um, uh, etude books <laughs> and, um, the, the microphone that I ended up buying and the interface and my laptop computer and these, um, rechargeable lights that I would plug in to recharge every night, um, and so uh, that would all get loaded into this like Trader Joe's grocery bag. <laughs> it was just like homeless trumpet player, like, <laughs> you know, walked around this building here. Um, trumpets, you know, they're, they're over one shoulder, this, this Trader Joe's bag over the other, uh, take the elevator down 17 floors, um, get into the car and then uh, in the car, um, I left the things that I was like, gosh, if the car got broken into, uh, I'm not leaving my horns in there ever. I'm not leaving a computer. I'm not leaving any of this stuff, but I would leave the microphone stands, the music stand, the, um, you know, the, uh, um, tripod for the video camera, that, uh, that stuff I just leave in the car. So, you know, drive into this corner of the, of the parking lot, um, pop the trunk here and set everything up. I'd literally taken, um, Huge, um, like the largest uh, permanent marker I could find, and and I marked out on the floor. Um, in <laughs> if my if anybody from my building, I'll probably have to go down and clean it up if they if they ever hear this podcast. But um, <laughs> there are all these markers on the floor, so that I knew that when I set everything up, that it would be exactly the same. And that was kind of what I was trying to. Once the videos got going, I thought. I don't want to have to like look at the video every single time. I just want to like set this thing up and go. That's so huge, Jim. Yeah. Um, So, so that was, you know, it was like quick trip to the hardware store by this giant Sharpie marker that's like half an inch across. (laughs) And I'd marked out all these little circles and all this stuff on the ground. So the music stand was always in the same place. The microphone stand was always in the same place. The, you know everything was exactly the same so i could just go so it was from from the moment i left my place to the moment i would actually touch the trumpet once everything was set up was about 15 minutes of you know elevator ride drive the car unpack everything get everything hooked up <laughs> make sure that everything's working and and then you know start to warm up and, and start to record and then of course reversing that whole process, (laughs) you know, you get done and you go, okay, what time is it? Oh my God, I've been down here for three hours. Wow. Just to get a one minute etude. Yeah. It's nuts. You know, I should really make better life decisions, but, um, (laughs) you know, and we can talk about the idea behind the etude videos also, but um, no joke, some of those like the hardest etudes to do are the one minute ones (laughs) because I I try not to leave any room for, for error on those, you know, and, um, so, you know, you're down there for however long and and then you pack everything back up. And, you know, back into the Trader Joe's grocery bag, back into the, the trumpets go back into the case, okay, the stands go in the back of the car, drive the car, park the car, back up the elevator and then go to bed. It's 10:30 at night. Um, and then I get up in the morning, edit the videos, they and then and then they they go out and then we kind of just reverse that 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 just, that has gone on that went on from uh, basically April uh Almost all the way through October. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's. I mean, it's so interesting because you know, like you said, you could have just said, "Well, maybe I'll just play in my actual like, yeah, you know, condo or apartment or whatever," and maybe people would have complained, and then your life would have been stressful, and or you could have just stuck with the practice mute or or whatever. But what I what's inspiring about this story for me is that you were like, "Well, what I would like to do is find a space where I can just." do the thing that I need to do. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a little bit of trial and error, figuring out the right time or whatever, you know, that didn't yep. sort of deter you. Yep. But with the ultimate goal that you would eventually figure it out, like you would just say like, oh, eventually I'm gonna find a space that works. You yeah. probably feel like to a certain extent, maybe even got lucky that just the
1: garage was a place you went that ended up working. It did end up working. I mean, you know, it really was... Um Actually, I would say that through the last nine months, I have just been very lucky, <laughs> you know, in not only finding the space, but finding people to um, help me understand the recording, um, help me understand, you know, how to make videos, um, you know, making multi-track stuff on my own. <laughs> I've learned a ton and I've been very lucky, um, not only with the practice space, but just the people um, uh, who, have, who have helped me and, you know, just giving me little tips here and there of like, oh, just do this, press this button. Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) I would have never thought to do that. You know, um, I I did luck out also, um, you know, there's a security detail here. Um, the, the guys, uh, they're driving around in their golf carts and for the most part, they, they kind of dug it and, and I'm the type person that I'm always going to make them feel feel good about themselves and they come down and I'm always, you know, like, hey guys, how's it going? And, and they know I'll take as much time to talk to them. Sometimes I'm like just sitting there chatting with them for half an hour. I'm going, man, I really want to just record this etude, but I understand that I'm existing in your space. Yeah, so right, right. whatever you need from me so that I can keep doing this, that's what you're going to get. If you need a 20 minute conversation about you know, your kids, cool, no problem. Like that's the price for me to pay to, <laughs> you know, be able to, to record. Um, and so what ended up, happening though was the security detail the company changed and some of these new guys came in and and one, one of the guys in particular just really did not like me playing and he knew i was making these videos and he would drive his little golf cart um by like every like three or four minutes <laughs> and, and you know knowing you know i'm basically trolling me you know and, and i was like i i can't say anything about this you know and, and luckily we'd, we'd already ordered the the studio bricks booth and so i just kind of was like I am going to have the last laugh here. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to be gone one day and, and um, you know, practicing at home. Um, but it was it was a challenge, you know? I mean, you know, you're down there, It's it, and there are heat waves, um, so much so that they, in order to save energy, they, you know, stopped air conditioning the place uh, downstairs. And there are some videos that came out that I'm, um, you can clearly see I'm soaked, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but I thought, well, this is real life. I mean, you know, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't put a video out with me with sweat stains (laughs) all over myself, but (laughs) I was like, this is, this is actually what's happening. You know, I'm playing in 90 degree heat down here. Um, And conversely, you know, it was kind of chilly back in, back in April when we first started. Um, So, you know, I think though that like, it's important to understand, um, you know, we talked about motivation before, um, that there's a motivating, we talk about motivating factors of, um, how do we keep practicing? How do we keep ourselves like maybe in shape when there's nothing to stay in shape for? Um, but the other motivating thing though, when, when, for me, when I've committed to, okay, I'm going to keep recording some videos. Now I have to decide what are guiding principles, you know, like what, what is going to guide me through this? Is it, um, you know, perfection, <laughs> it, it, quote unquote perfection. Um, I, I mean, I do have my own set of of uh, of principles uh, that have changed slightly from five years ago. Um, you know, I wanted to when I when I first started recording these Bousquet E2s, I wanted them to be quote unquote perfect, and so I, the idea was like no wrong notes and no missed articulations. I'll I'll, I'll accept you know a little bit of intonation here or there, um, but I wanted it to be basically quote unquote perfect. Um, over the last few months, I've I've let that slide just a tiny bit. Um, I, I still don't accept wrong notes in the videos. Um, but all of that to say though, like like for me, um, you know, just understanding like, what are the guiding principles here? What is it that I'm trying to do? Um, I'm contrary to, you know, popular belief. Uh, it, it really is not about me trying to like, put something out there. Hey, look at me, you know, um, look what I can do. I can play this etude for five minutes. And, you know, like you know, (laughs) that that's not the point. Um, the point is to hopefully make this an educational experience for people. Um, I do try to uh, record etudes, um, that, you know, college students may come across. Um, I've also tried to record some etudes, uh, some books that I found online that, um, were free and that I think, gosh, i these are fantastic etudes. I think people should, should maybe take a listen to this and maybe, you know, um, you don't have to buy a $50 etude book, um, to get, <laughs> to, to, to understand how to play the trumpet. There's stuff online for free, you know, and, and, and we can sort these things out. Um, so, you know, there, there are multiple things that are guiding me, um, at the moment that, that I've, kind of written down, I don't have right in front of me, but whenever I get frustrated, <laughs> I have to go back and go, okay, okay, we're coming close enough here to this guiding principle that, you know, I, maybe I scratched this note a tiny bit, but you know what, it was a five minute etude, and this is about being real with people. Um, and, and I want people to understand, like, this is just one way that a professional would um, would play this etude, um, and, and so, you know what, it's five minutes of nonstop trumpet playing, I'm I'm going to allow one sort of like, you know, sure, sure. Missed articulation or something. Um, so that being said, you know, some of the other multi-track things that I'm sure people have seen. Uh, Seen us do uh, kind of par- I partner with Tim Sager, um, and then we from there find other trumpet players to join us. That's a different experience. Those are those are like we are going to do as best a job as we can. Sure. Yeah. Studio. Um, the the criteria has changed in terms of like what's the goal, right? Like the guiding principle is different than when I'm doing things by myself, and I have to re- remember that when I spend too much time over at Tim's place, and then you know he plays me back this perfect thing that has taken, you know, 75 takes to, (laughs) to get something. And then I come back and record here. I have to always readjust, recalibrate, like, wait a second, it's not going to be perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, anyways, um, all of that to say that, uh, you know, like I said, understanding ourselves, um, what drives us, what motivates us. And then, and then sort of like, I think having a, deeper understanding of, um, what am I trying to say here? What am I trying to convey to people? Um, whether it be on the trumpet or, or more to the point in, in the written or the write-ups, uh, you know, um, that it's, it's challenged me to, to, and I've discovered a lot about myself, (laughs) you know, in the last nine months. Um, and, uh, and I, I think I'm getting better. I think I've improved, um, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think the overarching thing though is just to like understand like, okay, you know what? It's time to take a break or it's time to go. It's time to know, you know what? I can do this better or, you know, whatever whatever those guiding principles are. and then And then trying to meet that, I don't want to say ideal, but just these standards that I've set for myself that I go, these are achievable much like we've talked about before with the practice routine of like just setting small achievable goals um, daily. I know that you're a big proponent of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so, you know, I've tried to come up with guiding principles for myself with these um, uh, etude videos of, you know, being gentle (laughs) with myself. Um, And, uh, but, Trying to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the bar high, um, and but not insurmountably high, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, man, it's. It, yeah. I love this conversation for a few
0: reasons. I sometimes have people ask me. It's pretty rare, but sometimes people will ask me like about sharing on social media or like, is this video like good enough to share on social media? And like, my first answer is like, if you're asking that question, like you don't (laughs) even believe it, right? Like if you're, you either know or you don't, but I also think it doesn't really matter if it's good enough, if you just know what
1: story you're trying to tell. (laughs) Well, that's one of the things that I learned, right? You know, I mean, I, when I would do these etude videos, you know, I mean, even leading up to this year, I would record something and then I would send it out to a variety of people and go, you know, people that I trust, I trust their ears. And, and I would say, what do you think? What do you hear? You know? And, and I was relying on all these other people to sort of like validate <laughs> what in the end I already knew was like, this is the best I can do um, under the, the circumstances that I've set for myself, which is um, playing from top to bottom with no edits and, and Wanting it to be "quote unquote" perfect, so I, I would send these out. People would write back and go, "Great, sounds great," or "Sounds like you always sound." You know, whatever. Um, occasionally, I'd have maybe two versions, and I'd say, "Hey, which one do you like better?" You know. Um, with the advent of of all of this, uh, with the with the COVID stuff and everything of being sent home, and you know, okay, this is how I choose to engage with people now. Um, I don't, I rarely now <laughs> send things to anybody and go, Hey, man, what do you, what do you hear? Um, you know, so uh, it's just become, you know, it's just more comfortable um, because I'm doing it so much more often, right? I mean, when you're only doing one video every, you know, uh, what, every quarter, <laughs> you know, five years ago is an uncomfortable situation to go, Well, I feel this is important that this video should be out on for people to, to, find, but I'm uncomfortable putting myself out there. Cause I just hadn't done it. Sure. And now it's a different situation where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable doing this. Um, I'm, I'm also just much more comfortable with like, this is what I have to offer. It, it's not going to be everything to everybody. And anybody who listens to, you know, um, uh, like let's say Jim Wilt or uh, Jack Burt understands like, I don't sound like them. They don't sound like me. And that's okay. (laughs) Like, you know, I think that's, that's another sort of thing to understand too, is that we don't, there's no one right way. There are lots of wrong ways, (laughs) but there's definitely not one right way. Um, And so I, I, I welcome that quote unquote Uh, criticism, right? Not, not to be like, oh, that's right. Or you don't, uh, I'm saying criticism in the, in the more global sense of like somebody critiquing it and going, oh, okay, well, Jim did this and Chris did this. And, and I welcome that because I think that that's important. There's not one right way. Yeah. You
0: know, man, I would, one thing I want to commend you on, and it's like, you've been so firm about this no edit. I would like you to see uh-huh. the real me. And I, yeah. when I did that a two a week thing, I was doing that. And then when I started my the beach thing, I was doing on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I started by I'm gonna get as close to a one take as possible. Yeah. But I might edit like maybe there's a low C that wasn't like perfectly centered. <laughs> <standard>. Maybe I'll <laughs> yeah, edit yeah. these. But then it got into like, well, what am I gonna edit so it still sounds real even though yeah. it's not real. And then I think I decided on beach four and beyond for better, for worse, I'm going to put my, what my best one take is. So for me, it puts a lot of pressure on me making sure that my process is good because Mm -hmm. in my mind, if I can get a good process, I can play these etudes. But what the fear is, and, and I've sort of experienced it finally for the first time, um, The fear is like, well, if I put my best out there, now everybody sees my actual best. They don't see like a curated version of something that I like put all of this this one thing that doesn't really resemble all of my playing. And there's a lot of fear in that, I feel like of people actually seeing, you know what, that's the best he has to offer. Now I get to judge him based on his best, not like what he wants to show me, his highlight reel, so to speak. So
1: what's that like for you? Well, first of all, I love your videos, and you sound amazing. And um, thank you for <laughs> putting those out and and joining us on this on this you know journey that we find ourselves on of of, of putting ourselves out there. Um, something that um, you know I've talked with a couple of other people who are putting videos out um, is to say I'll I'll take the criticism, but I'm only going to listen to the criticism from somebody who is doing what we're doing. You know, some some keyboard warrior wants to come at me. um, Bring it, you know. (laughs) uh, But I want to see what you did, right? Right. (laughs) You know. And and then, by the way, um, I'll be sharing what you did um, on Facebook. And if you want to come after me, there's a lot of ways that that we can we that can roll itself out, right? So I will say, um, and I realize that's a bit snarky, but I I just want to say I haven't experienced that from anybody um, that that the people who regularly comment, um, are, seem genuinely, um, thankful for the videos, um, seem genuinely interested in the process. Um, and so I, (laughs) I guess I have to say, I underestimated the trumpet community. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, you know, that I, I do think that obviously, you know, when, when you put something out, there's going to be judgment, um, both good and bad. Um, and, uh, and it is at times nerve wracking um, to, to put something out and go, man, that last, like you said, that last low C or God forbid a low A. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not pretty. Um, and I've re recorded so many etudes because of a last note that I was like, I just want this to be gorgeous. And then you're going, but I just played like a fortissimo high C one bar before it. <laughs> you're going, yeah. This isn't reality. Like this is stupid, you know, but yeah. Um, you know, all of that to say, though, that, uh, yes, I understand there's judgment, but you know what? There's judgment at a, at a symphony concert, you know? I mean, you know, people uh, hope to not find my name in the paper, you know, with, with things after it that say, like, you know, miss too many notes or whatever. I mean, there's always going to be something. And the untold people that are listening going, I could do that better. Or, or you know, what is, what is this brass section doing or w- whatever? You know, there, there's always going to be judgment. This, this, this is just an adding another element to that already sort of screwy thing that goes through our heads of like, what are people going to think, you know? Um, which I think also drives home the point of, um, well, if not me, then who? Right. So, so, if I'm not gonna record this etude, then who's gonna do it? You know, uh, you, cool. You know, um, Jim Wilt, cool. Uh, Any other professional, great. Well, the problem is, is that a lot of these, a lot of these etudes that are out, some of them that I've recorded, they've been recorded by other students. (laughs) And it's like this, I'm sorry, this is not a good example. Sure. This is not an example to follow. And so, um, without embarrassing anybody or without, you know, calling anybody out or whatever, I go, you know what, this needs to be done correctly. And, um, I go back to, if, if not me, then who? I, I can't ask you, Ryan, Hey man, would you be willing to um, record Charlie A, X, y, and Z because there's no really good recordings out there and I don't want to do it. so why don't you do it? yeah, like that's that's not the requirement. <laughs> well
0: when I find in you the know. fitness industry, I'm sure you, have experienced the same. Like if you go on YouTube or you go to whatever, teenation.com or whatever, yeah. like yeah. there's just a plethora of information about everything by people. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't become about like, well, whose version of something is the best. It's like, well, who do I connect with? Like whose style of training do I connect right. with? Like, do I do the things that they do? So to be able to put, even if people recorded the same thing, if people put out different versions, you may connect with a different thing. And then exactly. like what I've liked about what you've done and what I've tried to do is add an, educational component to it Mm -hmm. where it's not Mm -hmm. just about here is me. It is about, here's what I learned through this process. Here's what you might be able to take to speed up the process of you doing things like this. I've really tried to provide that kind of thing and you through your captions, like what you've done is like Mm -hmm. shared the process of what it looks like, which, you know, you may not think of it this way. And I don't, I think I wouldn't even think about this way, but it does take a lot of like courage to just basically be like, I don't care if it's perfect. I care about just being real.
1: Right. Well, and I would say that that's kind of what has changed, um, the criteria, like I said before of like, okay, it used to be, um, okay, here's this gay etude that I think everybody's going to have to play at some point in time. And I'm going to, I'm going to present you with this perfect, you know, one take now I'm more interested in like, okay, I want to strive for excellence, but I also want to, um, connect with people in a way of like, well, this is real, <laughs> you know, and, and, and So something that's a little out of tune or something that's a little out, you know, at the very end or whatever, um, that's real. That, that's, that's how it's going to be. You know, I mean, you can't expect trumpet players to play for three or four minutes without, um, I think we can expect, I hold myself, like I said, to that standard of, well, I'm not going to play wrong notes. (laughs) You know, I don't accept that. I'll start over. Um, I I want, uh, you know, something I'm really good at is, is articulation, you know, um, not necessarily speed, but just front, front of the note. And so that, to me is like kind of a a calling card hallmark in in my own playing. And so when I, I'll accept a little bit off from perfection on that, but not much, you know? And so when it starts to get a little like fluffy at the front, it's like, okay, let's just rest and start over. But I don't mind now as much putting something out that's like, well, that one note didn't speak exactly how I wanted it to, but that's also just real life. Yeah. And so, um, I feel like I've found a bit more traction, if you will, um, with connecting with people, um, with this more sort of real, um, thing that I'm, that I'm trying to do just to have people understand, like, you know, I, I think, I think it's of high quality. It's certainly the best that I can do. uh, And, you know, what I think is the best I can do at the moment with the understanding of like, I am hopefully improving, (laughs) you know, and, and, um, by the way, you know, I'm, also say that uh, since this time that we've been away from from regular work, it's allowed me to experiment, you know, in in a way that I wouldn't really be able to, um, and it's not even about necessarily playing principal, I wouldn't be able to experiment um, with a bunch of different equipment if I was playing fourth trumpet, you know, um, because they're they're not paying me to experiment, they're paying me to come in and sound like a million bucks, right, and so now um, there are no performances, I mean, the performances are, what I choose them to be. Um, so I've kind of looked at this time away, of, you know. Uh, um, but so the people have seen the videos. If you look at the lower left corner, I'll put all the information of like, here's the mouthpiece top I was using, here's the backboard I was using, um, here's the trumpet model, here's all, you know, all this stuff, right? Now, the twofold one, it's for because everybody writes and they go, hey, what mouthpiece was that? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's get I that out of connecting. the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I believe in connecting with people. I don't want to ignore people. Um, and, and I've I've encouraged people to reach out and so, um, and and to comment and connect with me. Um, so I guess that would be disingenuous if I encouraged that from people and then just ignored them. Right. Right. So, um, so, so twofold is like, it solves that problem of like writing 20 people going, right, this is the mouthpiece and this is why I did it, whatever. But also I can now go back and, and look at it and go, oh, right, okay, on, on the rotary, I remember that etude, it felt really good. What was I using? And I can go, oh, okay, it was this top and this backboard. Cool, now I can recreate it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so that was another sort of thing with me of, you know, last few months, just sort of like, you know, let, what works? Like, is there something that works better in my collection of mouthpieces and you know backboards and all this stuff? Um, and so it's been you know an educational experience for me too to to just be able to um, experiment. Um, there's some videos that I that I've put out that I thought well, it sounds really good, but man, I would never do that again (laughs) on that mouthpiece or whatever. Like that was a small miracle that that (laughs) kind of worked. Um, And people don't know that. I don't even need necessarily write about it, you know, but there's all kinds of things happening behind the scenes that it's like, this has kind of been a giant experiment for me that I've just allowed people to kind of see what's going on behind the scenes, you know? Um, And like I said, if people care to comment or care to have questions. I'm always happy to engage. Um, but it it's all been um, a bit of an experiment. And only now am I sort of like, yeah, on, on my sea trumpet, this is the setup. <laughs> on the rotary, this is the setup. And you know what? The fact of the matter is though, is that like when we go back to playing with people again, that may change. Right, right. You're <laughs> just finding what you, know? you like personally, but what works exactly. with others is maybe a different. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but as with, anything it's like well we need to just go with what's in the moment you yeah know? And, and and um so that's what we're trying to do when
0: you talked about how you have connected with people from trying to have a sort of a more real approach and i mean this may mm-hmm. be unpopular opinion but you know i just don't really care about hearing great trumpet recordings anymore and maybe that's just me um but i feel like after you hear like all sorts of great recordings of various things like what it doesn't mm-hmm. do for me is tell me like where is that person at? What it tells me is that they put together through producing something that's a very high quality. So it has value in hearing a work of like a piece of music that at a very high level has total value, but in understanding what I'm striving for, it has almost Mm -hmm. no value. And so, I mean, that's, that's the biggest reason I've tried to do it is when someone listens to that, they can say, that's what Ryan is capable of. Like that's something that's possible. So like I could, Feasibly shoot for that thing instead right, of just hearing right. this recording that may have taken me a thousand takes to do. That's not
1: actually <laughs> yeah. real. Well, I don't, uh, and that, I don't mind the thousand takes on, on my end. You know, you know what one I mean, though. Me, and but you're no, doing a thousand
0: takes of an entire thing instead of like <laughs> yeah, a thousand right, takes to make one perfect right. thing. It just doesn't help yeah. people when they're trying to figure out their own way through. Exactly. Like it's it's exactly. painting a picture that's not real that they're trying to shoot for.
1: Exactly. And that's what I was saying about like guiding principles. So when, when Tim Sager and I do, uh, um, what we say is basically we're making a movie, (laughs) you know, and you go, okay, those, there are different principles that, that we apply to making these, um, you know, we just did like, uh, after new year's Eve, there'll be, uh, six, I think six videos that we did. And, um, there, those are movies, (laughs) you know, and, and so, like you said, there's not necessarily an educational aspect to those. Those are more entertainment aspects. And um, uh, and I'm forever grateful for for Tim to take those on. And I mean, he spends more time working on videos um, than I, any of us combined, yeah. you know, sort of recording, uh, you know, these tracks for him. Um, and they have their own value too, you know, um, that, and, and I do, rem- when he gets frustrated and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this you know that you know there there is certain frustration that um we're trying to do something we have an idea and we want to do this and it's like well maybe it's not achievable but i just remind him like i remind myself that like we're doing the best we can okay we're not this is not a hollywood studio <laughs> you know we don't have access to you know all different kinds of like you know features and blah 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 you know it's like we're 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 doing the best that we can. And as long as we're hitting that bar or crossing it a little bit, then that's all we can expect from ourselves, you know? Um, So... Again, those, those are, they're different guiding principles. So for me to say, okay, well, I'm going to take a thousand takes or whatever, um, it's still uh, me playing top to bottom, unedited. And, and to your point of listening to trumpet um, recordings, uh, personally, I get much more out of hearing um, you, uh, Jim, um, Jack Burt, um, you know, anybody that's decided to, to record something from the top to the bottom without editing it's like i i i process that differently like you're saying of like oh okay i hear where where this might be a challenge for them or maybe if i choose to record this etude okay i gotta be careful in this spot um but also understanding that like you know when i do record that etude i'm like yeah it was challenging for me too <laughs> okay i guess we're all kind of like uh, you know in the similar ballpark here of of that was a challenge to do that. Um, wow. And so now I have a much greater respect for people that I already had just an enormous amount of respect for. But, um, you know what you're saying about like, uh, you know, understanding where somebody is at. Um, I think that's like the most important thing right now is, um, especially from an educational standpoint, um, you know, any students that are out there, it's like, go ahead and set up your recording equipment, play these etudes that, that Ryan you're playing or I'm playing or whatever, you know, learn it and then, and then go, okay, where am I at? Where, you know, where am I at compared to a professional, you know? Um, and and I think that can just be like, just so eye opening (laughs) to so many people. Cause I know for myself, um, you know, when I was in the Marine Band, um, you know, I was hearing just, I was hearing phenomenally good trumpet playing around me. But I had it in my head that, um, gosh, you know, the orchestra, like that's that's where like the the, the really good trumpet playing happens, you know. And it's just going to be, um, you know, if I ever got into an orchestra, I just, I'm going to have to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And, I, and in my head, I was like, I'm not perfect all the time. I know I'm not perfect all the time, you know. And, and um, I went to hear... Um, I shouldn't tell us you should you can delete this if you don't think it's appropriate cuz I don't want to embarrass anybody. <laughs> but I went to um I went to hear a major US symphony orchestra play Mahler 6. This was back in like gosh, probably 1998 or something. Oh, excuse me. Um 2006 uh 2005 and um sitting there, you know, opening, it was, excuse me, Mahler 7. Um, And uh, first time I'd heard a major U.S. symphony orchestra, you know, and I was like, cool, man, I'm going to hear these guys. And I was just like prepared to just be wowed by the whole thing. (laughs) You know, I was just like on the edge of like, okay, here comes a conductor. And, you know, I'm sitting there and and we'd driven up from Washington, D.C. And um, and they start and it was like kind of one wrong note after the next. And and so it was... um, kind of a, kind of a CAC fest. And, um, I come at that differently now because I understand (laughs) that that sort of thing can happen. When I was in the Marine band, um, that was a concept that was unfamiliar to me that I just thought, um, orchestra players just had to be perfect all the time. And though that is obviously what we strive for, you know, um, that particular performance was not perfect. And I left there thinking, man, I can do that. (laughs) Mm. like no offense. And and I really don't intend any offense. It it was just like, it was just a light bulb moment for me to go, Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe I'm misunderstanding what the criteria is. (laughs) Like maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I can do this, you know? And and that was sort of the beginning of, of my journey of just taking auditions and, and, and trying to, um, you know, further, further my career beyond playing in, in the trumpet section in the Marine Band. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I, you know, I still had this kind of in the back of my head when I went to Montreal and, and again, it was, it was, it's no offense to, um, I love all my colleagues in Montreal and, and, but anybody that sits in the symphony orchestra, you're going to hear everybody's secrets, <laughs> you know, when you sit close enough, you're going to hear, okay, this person doesn't like to do that. And they'll shade it this way and they'll shade it that way and whatever. And you realize like, Oh, this isn't this isn't about perfection, you know. It's really just trying to like just bring all that you have. And if something happens in that moment, well, it happens, you know. And, and luckily, in as opposed to like in the Marine Band where I would play one concert every maybe month, you know, when I went to Montreal, it was oh, we're playing three concerts a week, four concerts a week. Um, and so you realize like, oh, okay, mistake. Well, guess what? Move on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we got another concert tomorrow night. Um, so. I learned and, you know, um, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way that, um, you know, just understanding like there are mistakes and then there are mistakes. I mean, you know, like there are professional mistakes and there are amateur mistakes. And so, um, so long as the mistakes are professional in nature, um, meaning I've tried my best, (laughs) like I really did my best and, and something out of my control sort of happened. Um, I accept that. I mean, it's not pleasant, but I accept it, you know, um, lack of focus is something totally different than like, oh, okay, I'm a little bit swollen and I misarticulated that note. Like those are two completely different things. They're both mistakes or or mistakes end up happening, but they're two totally different things and one's acceptable and and one is kind of not ideal. (laughs) Um, So, you know, like I was saying, um, the idea is to present real thing, real, you know, like the real me. Um, Although, many times those videos are like, I, man, lightning struck. (laughs) I got through it. Um, I don't know that I could do that again, but Hey, I got it. Let's use it, (laughs) you know, but, um, you know, just understanding that, uh, I I'm trying to, um, shed light on my own process. I'm trying to, you know, I do listen to other people's videos, um, other people that I respect and I'm learning a ton every time I choose to, to click on somebody's video and I go, that sounds amazing. Like I could try to pull a little bit of that in, into what I'm doing, and maybe I can experiment with this. Maybe experiment with that. But but hearing people and going, yeah, okay. Well, this person struggled with that high note or struggled with that low note. And you go, that's real. That's you know, that's a real thing, and that's okay. Yeah, in <laughs> my Beach Two, you know, in
0: the video of Beach Two, I got you know, it's like the whole Etude, and then towards the end, there's a, a climb up to a high C and I I made so I here uh, to reflect upon the process you described to use your vocabulary again the the sort of guiding principles of the parameters I set up for myself were, I would like to be able to provide something that is a value in terms of, quote, educational. But I don't want to just like, I want to play something that's going to actually push me as well. And playing lightly and very articulate is one of my, I would consider to be one of my weaknesses. So I thought no better Mm. book than a very difficult French etude book to sort of explore what that looks like. And so putting this like one take kind of pressure on myself really has helped me understand and develop like how do I need to, think and prepare for that particular yeah. thing, right? And I think that this is one way that we can, really the best chance, in my opinion, we can give ourselves to perform at our highest level, like you said, is to develop a process where we'll say, well, at the end of this, I understand what's going on. Of course, things right. are going to happen. Um, but yeah. like to be able to to prepare in such a way where you basically believe I know everything that's going to happen, whether it does or doesn't in another situation. Yeah. But the in the, Beach 2, I got a whole bunch of recordings where like, oh, this one thing over here, this one thing. And the one I chose to use was everything went pretty well. Uh, But the high C was kind of weak. And then I was just thinking to myself, well, it's like a three-ish, maybe a two and a half minute etude, but it's on the face the whole time. There's these wide leaps. I was like, if somebody listens to this and they hear that, I want them to basically then when they try to play it themselves and their high C might be weak, they're like, okay, that's... That's a normal thing to have happen. Not right. like I edited right. together every note. So you, if you don't have a powerful high C right there, something is wrong with you. Right. And I've given and, you that image because I'm not it, being real about my approach. It,
1: exactly, exactly. And and that, to the point of that story I told about, you know, a major US symphony orchestra. It's like, obviously they're world-class <laughs> symphony players. And, and so that criticism, or I, I guess that's just um an observation. It wasn't even a criticism. It was an observation. It was like, well, now that I've done this for a long time, I mean, that was in 19, you know, like I said, uh, no, excuse me, like 2006 or 2005, maybe, you know, this 15 years later, I mean, I know what, what that is to, to sit on stage and to be like, it's not for, for ver- a variety of reasons, not working. You know, when you hear, uh, I'm sure you've sat on stage and anybody who's sat in an orchestra, um, or a large ensemble can can hear like, well, this this person cracked this note, and then the person next to them cracked the note a measure later, and then and then pretty soon it's like <laughs> there's just all these things happening on stage, and it, and it, and because it ends up being a focus issue, really, not not a not an ability issue, and and so you know that observation uh, of that concert um, changed, and then it changed again when I've been doing it for for so long of understanding like, oh man, I'll cut people a lot of slack, (laughs) you know, in live performance, you know, and and, and so, um, you know, you're talking about the beach too. you know, I, first of all, I encourage you to make better decisions than recording beaches that I don't think that I'll be approaching those <laughs> <laughs> anytime soon. Um, although I am actually kind of curious about editing, um, some just, just to have like a,
0: that was the original um, thing. I was like, maybe I'll yeah. just touch it up a little bit and do yeah. it. But then it's like, like I said, that question became, how do I edit? So it doesn't sound like I've edited. And that became right. like an ethical
1: problem for me more than anything. Right. right. Um, I mean, and I've, I've, talk to people saying you know if i ever did edit something i would obviously write like i have edited that i would be honest about it that that's my own thing i I would certainly be honest about it but um uh sorry i lost my train of thought for one moment but like you know okay so you were talking about like in the speech and you go okay i'm i'm climbing up to this high sea and okay maybe it wasn't the strongest high sea in the world um and you know you you put that out and you're like, okay, this is the deal, right? Well, the thing is that I find interesting is like okay, you're working on uh, something else other than high C's. Your goal with this is to practice your light tonguing and your like um, sort of French flavor for this, you know? Whereas I may I may approach that etude completely differently and go, no, man, this is all about the high yeah, C. Yeah. <laughs> and and you and I are gonna make different decisions as we get through this, right? It, it's, a, it's basically like a game of golf, you know, where it's like, well, you tee off on the first note. Well, if you go a little left, then you're going to have a different shot than I do if I go a little right. You know, and we're and and as we navigate through these through these etudes, it's like, well, what am I trying to do? Am I trying to hit the ball far? Am I trying to like just go to this one spot to this high C? Am I trying to like what's what's the plan here? You know, and and as you know, playing unedited or presenting things that are unedited, those things kind of can change on the spot. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, like as you're playing, you're like, uh-oh, okay, um, kind of got myself into this direction. How do we get out of this with a musical? Idea, rather than just pulling the horn off the face and going, okay, start, start again. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but I find it interesting hearing people um, playing some multiple. Um, those of us that maybe have recorded, um, you know, some of the same etudes, like just hearing like what does this person value, um, and and what choices did they make so that they could hit the high C, or what choices did they make so that they could play lightly, but you know, I mean, there's always a give and take, right. It's always like, I'm going to, the point of this is to do this. And the end result is something that may not be quote unquote perfect, you know, but we're all trying our best here. We're all trying to like, you know, just within that etude, just like, um, how, what's my path? What is my best path? You know, not what is, you know, if I, if I took on beach 2 it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to what, what you did, Ryan. Um, but I also know that like, well, maybe something that you do in that is, is kind of better than what I do. I'm going to have to make different choices to get through that. You know, um, we start talking about like four minute etudes that are, that right. are un, unedited. Yeah. You got to make di- way different choices than, than what we do for a one minute etude. Sure. You know, it's like, if you have to play high C at the end of a three minute etude, it's like, okay, well, something something has to get yeah it's like a very
0: specific kind of preparation in my mind when you're like yeah. the point the point of this is to play it in one one take like right. you're like yeah it's a very different preparation and you know i stole a lot of this from observing on youtube the fitness industry where like you know you'll have yeah. eddie hall like the guy who's deadlifted well i guess but arguably thor now um yeah. but uh eddie hall who broke the 500 he, he hit 500 kilogram deadlift like I feel that we approach our, sometimes our musical culture as if the fitness industry was saying, anyone who can't deadlift 500 kilograms shouldn't post a video or shouldn't share. Right. And it's like, but you see all over the place, people are basically like, here's where I am in my journey. And we're like, cool, I like what you're saying. And there's more to it than just the actual act of what they're doing. And I've, I've tried to be like, well, I wonder too, if like, what if I recorded all these beaches and then then in 10 years did it again? And then just saw like, what would be the difference? Would would there be value in that? And it just becomes like, you know what? Instead of us trying to pretend that like we're more perfect than we're not, what if we just like, we're like, this is what I have. And then you're telling that story. And like we were talking about, when the story just becomes, this is where I am. I've worked really hard on this and I am proud of the result of that work, regardless of on the scale of like, I have never played to Sergei Nikaryakov, regardless where you right. are on that scale. Like you can be proud and share.
1: Well, I think, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, deadlifting and, and Eddie Hall. And, you know, one of the things that, that I discovered very early on, uh, one of the things that made me feel comfortable, I guess, posting uh, videos like five years ago was, um, you know, following some CrossFit athletes. And, um, and, you know, I realized like, okay, well, it, do we only allow one person to have a say? Do we only allow the very best in the world to to speak? And I realized that some of these people that I liked what they had to say, I liked their programming or I liked how they approached um, certain workouts. It kind of resonated with me of like, oh, you know, go easy on the run, but then like go after this, this other component in, in, a, in a 30 minute workout where there's maybe 10 different things that are happening. Um, that, you know, I was like, this person has an, don't get me wrong, I, it's not about like having you know a million followers or something, but like I realized this person has like a million followers and they're like not even in the top 20, right? In, in like the CrossFit games or whatever. And I thought, okay, well, that's pretty cool though, they still have a voice, they're still like a trusted voice in this fitness community. Um, and so I that allowed me just that realization of like, oh, you know what? People do have a voice and do have something to contribute here. And just because they aren't number one, doesn't mean that I shouldn't be paying attention to what they're doing. Um, and, and so that again, like a, another sort of like guiding principle of like, it, it's not about being like number one. It's not about having a million, you know, followers or whatever, and not even close to that. <laughs> that's a joke, right? But like, you know, just saying, hey, you know what I, I'm a professional, Ryan, you're a professional. we should have we we if we choose to. again, it's not the requirement, you know, but but like you have a voice, you have something to say, I have a voice. I, I feel that I have something to say. and and people can criticize it they, I don't care. you know, they can disagree with me. Um, but the idea is to say, uh, this is one way you know, and here's like, um, go easy in this bar so that you can set yourself up for the high C or go easy in this bar so you can set yourself up for the low G or, you know what, it says piano, but you might have to play a little louder here, Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, just to kind of get through it. But all of that, all of that to say that, like, you know, we have a voice and, and, I'm trying to be a voice of positivity. Um, try to be a voice of, of reality, um, and that seems to resonate with people. Um, as opposed to, sure, you and I could be making uh, completely edited videos, and I, I think it. I don't. I think they would hit well for a little while, but I think that ultimately people would be like, "I, I just can't do this," you know. Um, versus recording an etude and um, and going here it is. Like, and and then somebody listens to it and they go, I can do that. I'm like, good. Well, then, then go do it, you know, or like, I can come close to that. It's like, right. Then once you know better then do better. Right. Um, the, the edited videos, uh, that's just somebody that, that knows how to, you know, do a trick, you know, yeah. and, and to, you know, I agree with you that I'm un- I've listened to, I'm way more interested in listening to live videos, now, quote unquote live, you know, unedited videos than hearing things that are like massively edited together um, unless it is just for entertainment purposes, you know. Sure. Um, but the educational aspect, I think there are a few people out there doing this right now that um, I think students should be following along and basically taking a lesson every day, right? <laughs> right. I mean, there's some people that are posting Every single day, and and if if you want to get ahead on the trumpet, if you want to start you know trying to figure some things out. It's like follow these people. I I learn something every day when I listen to uh, the the handful. I mean, it really is only a handful of people that are yeah. that are putting out content regularly. Um, and, and it's like, man, I get to still take a lesson for free. You know, all that stuff's on YouTube. <laughs> it's free. Um, so I, I would just encourage people that are listening to, um, th- do you have to listen every day? No. I mean, it's overwhelming, right? Uh, social media is overwhelming. Totally, yeah. And, and there's a reason, you know, that I only do three to four etudes um a week right now I'm kind of on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that may change after the first of the year, because now that I have the practice space here, I can kind of do a little bit more, but I have no intention of putting videos out on the weekends. Um, I, I I don't particularly like to be on social media contrary to what you may see. <laughs> um, it is not a pleasant space for me. And it's not about, um, it's not about a fear of judgment. It's, it's that it's overwhelming. And um, I, I don't care for the ugliness of, of, social media, you know, um, or at least the perceived ugliness. Um, and, and so, uh, I don't want to post on the weekends. I want my weekends free, <laughs> you know, the requirement isn't seven days a week. Uh, the requirement is for me to make sure that it's quality, the best I can do. And, and then hopefully, you know, like I said, have, have an educational aspect to this so that people can go, this is real. And if you're not even anywhere close to this, then you should maybe have a different conversation with yourself. Now, if you are close to this and you think like, "Man, I could never do it. I could never like win a job. I could never sound like like Chris or Jim or Ryan," you know, you go, "Well, you're you're pretty close, actually. Mm-hmm. So maybe you need to reevaluate, also." Yeah, <laughs> right. Like like like, buck up. You're you're <laughs> close. So um, let's. I don't want to hear the pity party story here from from people. You know, um, so there's an the educational aspect on on all ends. You know. Yeah, man, this is all great stuff. Uh, do you want to dive into the
0: um, part about just, because we could easily tie motivation and talk about what motivates you now that you've sort of achieved a goal yeah. of yours. So um, I'll rephrase the question and then I'll just edit it together sure. later. Yeah, man, this is all just really, it's just really important stuff. This, this talk of being real and this talk of wanting to for me and it sounds like for you put stuff out there that will be helpful for people and encouraging and say like, you know what, maybe like you said, maybe you're not close to this, but like through Mm -hmm. taking lessons, some smart work and stuff like that. And just time, like there's no reason you couldn't because we're not presenting something that's fake. Um, you know, and hopefully that's motivating for people. I know we've talked about motivation. Um, one thing that's motivating or interesting about motivation for me having achieved some of the goals that I've set for myself Mm -hmm. is like how motivation changes when you have an external thing motivating you. So I'm kind of curious. I remember you were saying in our interview last summer uh, that, A big goal of yours was to uh, eventually get to a principal position uh, in an orchestra, in a major orchestra. And I uh, see that you have done that and you you said (laughs) you got tenure and stuff. So I'm kind of curious what's your relationship is with the trumpet in terms of motivation? I'm sure some of these projects have been very motivating for you in terms of keeping going, but just like, has anything changed for you in terms of like what drives you or is there sort of an underlying yeah. thing that's driving the whole thing and that this the, the principal job was just one application? Of it? I
1: gotta get more likes, dude. I gotta get more likes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm yeah. joking. Um, no, I mean, I knew when I was, um, I mean, first of all, we, we, I think we touched on this in our last interview that, you know, when I, when I was in the Montreal symphony, I mean, from the beginning I thought I'll be here for a couple of years and then I'm going to move on. And um, I had no idea that it was going to be 11 years of, of taking auditions, you know? Um, So (laughs) I knew that I was getting close to, to winning something. And I, and you know, that that can be for our third, third interview. If we do another one, like, how how did you know? But (laughs) um, you know, like I I knew that I was, I was, I was getting close. And um, so I knew that, that all that sort of audition practice was going to come to an end at some point in time. And so I'd already been having that conversation with myself like two or three years ago of going, well, what next? I mean, (laughs) you know, what, what am I gonna do? I'm not just gonna go home and practice Mahler five every day. Like I've, you know, have been doing for 11 years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. So, so I was already having that, that, that sort of internal conversation on myself. Like, why, what am I doing here? Like, what is the goal? Because at some point in time, I am going to win one of these jobs. I am going to move back to the States. And um, what then, you know? And so, you know, slowly over time, you know, sort of figuring out like, gosh, one, I can't wait to not have to practice um, orchestral excerpts. I can't wait to get myself into a position where I just, I'm just gonna go to work and I'm gonna practice for for my job and 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 go home and lead a somewhat normal life, <laughs> you know, and not be getting up at three forty five in the morning to go practice at four and all this all this nonsense that I was. I mean, it wasn't nonsense, but all, all that all that stuff that I was doing. So, um, you know, this has just brought that into sharper focus now, right? Like, like it was no longer a um, a conversation in my head; it became reality when when I got tenure. It was like, okay, I've done it. You know, like, well, what now? And, and so, I'd already been doing, you know, this by J- July. I already already had like what four months of of sort of etude stuff. Um, so, like I said before, I know myself well enough that you know. The trumpet's the same thing as the gym. Yeah. Uh, the the trumpet's the same thing as the gym that okay. if I don't go to the gym for, you know, three or four days, I'm not going to go to the gym for three or four weeks. Um, these are objects in motion, stay in motion type stuff. So it's the same thing on the trumpet that if I take, you know, I mean, and I do take time off. Uh, I have planned days off every week. Um, I've planned light days I've planned heavy days. But, um, the point being that if I take a bunch of time off, I know that that trumpet is just going to sit in its case and, you know, and I'm happy to let it sit there. Um, I, I have, uh, just on a side note, you know, um, I have, uh, we used to go out to Hawaii every summer, um, for like six weeks and I've, put my horn in the case for, for three weeks. Um, and, and that felt great actually. And, and as long as it's planned, it's, it's fine. You know, as long as I'm, it's worked into a, a functioning plan, um, then I don't mind taking the time off. Um, but, uh, right now with, well, I should say back in March and June and July and everything, not knowing when we were going to go back to yeah. work. Um, you know, not knowing when that phone was going to ring and go, okay, we're going to record this thing. (laughs) Um, and go, well, I can't get myself in shape in one week if I've taken four months off, you know, so, so that certainly was a motivating thing. Excuse me. But, um, you know, so (laughs) like I said, uh, the motive. Okay. So first of all, one of the things that people don't understand, um, is there's a difference between a professional goal and, and, and sort of like, um, you know, the, the, the principal trumpet thing is a professional and, and, and sort of in personal goal. Right. But that's not why I play the trumpet, <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't, um, and, and I, and I would hope that everybody who has um, been forced to not, be playing their instruments right now, at least publicly, and playing concerts for people. Um, I think a lot of us have had to sort of like reevaluate like our relationship with our instrument. Like, is does this define me? Is this who I am to to the core? Am I just a trumpet player? <laughs> am I just a trumpet player that um, you know can? run around the block and lift weights, you know, am I a trumpet player that can (laughs) run around the block, lift weights, you know, all these things, right? Like this is, this is all part of like who I am. Right. But, um, I had had that, this conversation with myself, um, a couple of years ago when things weren't working well in the audition front. And, um, you know, my wife is living in Seattle and I'm living in, in Montreal. And, um, I was, uh, taking time off to go play with the Pacific Northwest ballet, uh, like, kind of once a month, once every other month. So I'd be in Seattle for like two weeks and then back to Montreal for maybe five or six weeks and then back to Seattle. And and, and this was like not a sustainable sort of thing um, in terms of um, uh, functioning marriage, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so uh, I had to have that conversation with um, Nicole, my wife, um, with me and, and and a couple of other people that I trusted. It was like, am I prepared to, to, not be in the Montreal symphony anymore. Um, am I prepared to walk away from that? And, um, ultimately, um, the answer was yes. (laughs) You know, um, we didn't talk about this in the last interview because I wasn't ready to talk about, you know, uh, and it wouldn't have been advisable, but like the moment I won that job in San Diego, uh, I was done in Montreal. It didn't matter about tenure. I was like, I'm not, I can't keep doing this. Um, and, those are a variety of reasons. Um, the main one being, you know, that I I, I enjoy being married to my wife <laughs> and this is not a sustainable yeah. situation. Um, and so um, I knew when we moved here, um, I'd already, you know, told Montreal, like, I'm, I'm, thank you. It's been a wonderful 11 years. I can't keep doing this. Go ahead and hire for my spot. You know, and and so I w- I walked away, um, and and that was you know gut wrenching, but at the same time, like I said, through through those conversations of like, um, am I more than this? <laughs> I, I have to be more than just a, a trumpet player in a world class symphony orchestra, right? There there must be more to this than that. And a friend of mine said, um, and what really kind of put it into sharper focus is, nobody can ever take those experiences away from you and it was as simple as that. And I went, you're right. Like I am, I have done all of these things, (laughs) you know, and certainly there are people out there that, that have conceivably like achieved more on the trumpet or achieved more in terms of, um, you know, earning power in a, in a, in a symphony orchestra or whatever, and that, you know, whatever. But like, uh, for me, um, I mean, look—the moment I won the Marine Band job, I, I already exceeded all of my personal and professional expectations. I was like, "Wow, I've got a full-time job playing the trumpet at the White House. This is so cool!" So everything beyond that has been icing. And I've tried to remind myself of that when I was taking auditions and they weren't working. I'm like, "This is still just icing. This is—I'm—I've got a full-time job with an amazing orchestra." Um, it's just, I'm just asking for more icing. I just, I'm asking for more sugar, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I did, I finally got it right. Like I won the, I won the job. Um, the, the motivation for winning the job, uh, winning a principal job was just that I felt that I wanted that challenge. You know, I felt like I, I do have something to say on the trumpet and I'm not able to do that playing second or fourth or, you know, in the utility position. And so, you know, that became a motivating thing. Um, so like I said, I, had already come to terms with, I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the Montreal symphony um, and potentially just work part time in the Pacific Northwest ballet, you know? And, um, and there's a wonderful group, wonderful people. And I thank each and every one of them for making the two seasons that I play with them so comfortable. Um, I wasn't offered the position. Um, Ultimately I won the audition in San Diego uh, two days before they were having uh, uh, before the Pacific Northwest Valley was having their audition, and so I called up and I said, I'm, "I won't be there, thank you." Um, but that was a very real thing. Was like, "Am I going to walk away from this orchestra that tours and you know, kind of superstars in in, in Canada? Um, am I am I willing to walk away from this?" And all it took was a was a buddy of mine saying, "Nobody can take those experiences away from you. They're yours." it happened. <laughs> it actually happened. You, you toured the world, you played principal on this recording. You've done things, you know, that you never thought possible. You're not, nobody can take that away. And, and I just went, you know what? You're right. Like <laughs> I've far exceeded expectations. If I'm, if I end up moving to Seattle and not even playing with the ballet and just, you know, maybe uh freelancing or maybe doing something totally different. I was, I would come to terms with that, you know? And so when when we got shut down back in March, when everybody got shut down back in April or whatever, um, you know, that, that moment in time was like, okay, well, what now, you know? Um, and I saw it playing out online with friends going, you know, just really seeming lost. Um, and I thought, man, thank God I did all that internal conversation yeah, several absolutely. years ago to go, it's not about, um, I I do not define myself as principal trumpet of the San Diego symphony. I'm proud of it. You know, I'm certainly proud of it. I'm proud of all the, all the places that I've worked, all the people I've, I've worked with. Um, I mean, I try to hold myself to that, to that standard of only working with like, like great people, both, both, uh, on their, on their instrument and, and, you know, great people, upstanding citizens, you know, kind people. Um, so I was like, nobody, nobody can take this away. If if the job disappears, no, that doesn't mean that my talent disappears, right? If the job disappears, that doesn't mean that like, all of a sudden I don't know how to play the trumpet or I don't know how to how to play these etudes or I don't know how to practice, <laughs> you know, like the, 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 the job is just the vehicle, it, excuse me, the practice, you know, it, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> the job is what it's it is. It's a job. Which is, it's a job, right? And, and though I love this job, I, I genuinely, I love this job. Um, that is something different than um, practicing, trying to figure out how to get better on the trumpet, trying to experiment and try to make this a little bit easier via equipment or thought process or, you know, whatever. Like, how do I make this easier? Um, you know, so so I'd already kind of done that that work, you know. Um, and, and like I said, this just brought into sharper focus. Um, am, am I more than than, you know, principal trumpet in the San Diego symphony. And, and I am, yeah. you know, um, you know, and, and I saw early on, um, you know, and even at the beginning of the school year, uh, some people had written me and I've seen it online, you know, um, people worried about like well, gosh, you know what 's the future and and maybe i shouldn 't be getting a trumpet performance degree and i 'm like uh you know, um the pandemic has nothing to do with whether or not you should be getting a trumpet performance <laughs> degree so um let 's just be real here you know this kind of a if if you're if i 'm glad that this brought it, this into focus for you, <laughs> but this is something you should have been thinking about um well before because there are no guarantees uh in this business of um, you know, you and I are lucky. I think you would consider yourself lucky to uh, ha- have, have a full-time job playing the trumpet. Um, you know, I, I know I try to be grateful for that all the time. I know lots of other trumpet players out there that that I consider to be better trumpet players than me that just couldn't figure out the audition situation. And they're doing something else now. Um, arguably better adjusted human beings <laughs> than trumpet players now. But um Nonetheless, uh, you know, I think that students that are, you know, questioning, gosh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe I shouldn't be doing this for a living. It's like you should already be having that conversation with yourself. Um, it should not have taken a pandemic <laughs> to, for you to, you know, sort of bring that into sharper relief, sharper focus. But maybe that's a good thing, you know. And I, like I said, I said this before, I don't begrudge anybody who, um, has decided, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't want to work in an industry that can get shut down, you know? Um, and and because that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. You know, um, that, you know, that didn't come from the management that like, Hey guys, we're just going to shut down and slash your salaries. You know, that came from, from other powers that be, they're like, you're not allowed, this is illegal. (laughs) <laughs> you know you're not allowed to do this um and so it's been a struggle um i'm not envious of of manage orchestral management's trying to figure out how to bring music to people you know and 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 provide that service that that we that we provide um that is an unenviable position i think to be in at the moment but I'm proud to work for an organization that's trying, and I, you know, I see a lot of other organizations out there trying. We're all we're all trying to crack this nut, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and we're all doing it uh, a bit differently, which is kind of cool too. Um, it, it's a little bit the wild west, but um, I think as long as we hold on tight. But to get back to the point of of you know, from a student's perspective of seeing their teachers potentially out of work, um, seeing their teachers um, not only out of work but not making paychecks. You know, um, that's a very scary and very real thing. I and mean, we talk about real being, uh, you know, recording etudes, uh, you know, it's a very real thing to have uh, salary slashed um, in half or, or cut completely. Um, and I'm sure that if I was a student, uh, I would probably be questioning these decisions as well. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, again, sort of like, why are we trying to do this? You know, and... Uh, uh, and I can't tell somebody whether or not they should get a trumpet performance degree. You know, that, that's not my job to, to do that. Um, but you know, I think having a very real conversation with ourselves of going, why am I doing, am I doing this, you know, so that I can be a first trumpet in a a big orchestra and make a bunch of money. And, you know, it's like, well, then maybe you should reevaluate that (laughs) because those jobs don't come open too often, you know? Um, or do you come at it from like, I'm, look at this of, I'm trying to figure this out and I'm going to continue trying to figure it out until I figure it out and and feel good about it. Um, I'd like to have a job playing. Um, but I'm also going to have like maybe some backup things. Maybe I'm gonna learn how to do audio engineering. Maybe I'm going to learn how to, you know, help my friends make videos. Um, and maybe that takes you in in another direction that, you know, all of that is fine. You know, whatever, whatever it is that there, there's no shame in putting food on the table, right? I mean, we we all have to do what we have to do. And, and there is really no shame in, in saying, I, I don't want to do this anymore, or I just can't do it anymore. We talked before about auditions being a war of attrition that, um, you know, most people kind of bail when they run out of money, you know, and that's just the reality of, of that situation. And with orchestras being, um, shut down at the moment, that's, that's another reality, you know, that like, this is a real thing that can happen. Um, So, uh, I would just encourage people, whether they're a student or professional, questioning whether or not this is, they can sustain themselves or whatever. It's like, go ahead, you're allowed to have that conversation. You know, you should have that conversation because then we, you know, as I said before, the requirement isn't recording etudes. The requirement for me is to better understand, like, why am I doing what I'm doing here? Because... I'll tell you what, and you know this, uh, recording etudes is, you know, just pulling my hair out, right? <laughs> I mean, very few of them come together and like, I just sat down and practiced. I sat down and played it through once and it worked. Now what? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I still got to play for, you know, quite a while here today. Most of the things, um, and I'm, be curious what you what your experience is, but most of the etudes are, you know, sort of like I'm pulling my hair out. I'm frustrated, I'm, you know like, okay, I got to put this horn down, but I shouldn't slam it down because I don't want to dent it. (laughs) Um, so, you know, just having a better understanding of like, why am I doing this? Um, and and so I would just encourage others to sort of like dig deep within themselves to have a better understanding of, um, you know, why would you want to go play in an orchestra? Why would you want to go, you know, perform, um, anywhere? You know, what is it that, 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 drives you Um, with the understanding that obviously as we figured out it can go away. Yeah. You know, (laughs) one of the things that, (laughs) and that's
0: unpleasant. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt her.
1: No, no, no. I was going to
0: say one of the things that I've sort of been really interested in as a, just a general thought these days is I'm interested in just acquiring information, right? And I've learned that the only way to really acquire useful information is to make a, It's like the scientific method, essentially. You make a guess, you run the experiment and then you assess whether you are correct or not. And um, you know, I I think about my practice sessions. Uh, I I did a lot of Excel spreadsheet stuff for for a while Mm -hmm. building these programs. And so I think about my practice sessions as like an if then statement, right? Like an if then statement, you type in if this, all this, all this, then, and then you hit enter. And if it's correct, a number will be, if it's not, it'll say error. And so I think about my practice sessions that way. I think all I really Mm -hmm. need to do is just figure out the input in terms of, I mean, we could go as far as mouthpieces and instruments and all that stuff. But for me, it's like, how do I need to breathe? What do I need to think? How do I need to release? And if I figure out the input once, it should be that same input every single time. I mean, yes, there is an element of... Um, variability I suppose with being a human being but that that's like sort of what drives it and so the thing that I've learned though through all of this is basically I make that hypothesis if I do this then something will happen and then I de- design like a program or whatever to, to to test it over the course of a period <laughs> of time long enough to get data and what you're talking about well anyway to finish that thought what happens then is I have useful information with which I can apply to another plan What I like about what you're talking about is you're essentially doing the same thing, but for personal development, you're basically like Mm -hmm. trying to sit and give the time it needs to like live with a thought. And it might take more than a day. It might take six months to work through something. It might take two, it might take 11 years to work through something. But the way I try to encourage people as well, just to sort of piggyback off of yours is not only should you have that conversation, you should view yourself as someone who deserves to have that conversation with yourself. Like it's not just, it's a good idea. It's like, you are okay. Like you should have that conversation with yourself. You deserve to know those answers and get, get that information. Cause as you said, it will directly affect what you choose to do after that.
1: Two thoughts. One, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of uh, if it's observable, it's repeatable, right? So um, or, you know, if we can make a metric for something, then we can repeat that. We've had that conversation before uh, of, you know, whether it be, you know, using a metronome or, you know, whatever, uh, just, just having observable progress and going, well if I do this, then it's within reason that if I do one tick a day and 30 days from now, I'll be at the tempo that I'm started 30 days earlier, 30 ticks slower. Like that just that mathematics says that that's what's going to happen, right. you know? So, so if it's observable, it's repeatable. Um, but you know, what you were just saying about, uh, you know, having these conversations, it's like, I, I think, you know, um, one i'll i'll say that you know this this time away from work you know nobody's been in this position before i personally don't mind it in terms of i get to do my own programming <laughs> you know like i've always relied on on other people to tell me what to do you know a music director or or artistic directors are making um, choices of repertoire and you sit down and if you're in the section you got you got you got the the music director telling you what to do. You've got, you know, other players in the section telling you what to do, you know, whatever principal player, you kind of just deal with the music director. But, you know, in this business, like we, we have a lot of different people telling us what to do and, and how to do it. Um, and so I kind of realized early on that I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, um, I can kind of do my own thing. And that was scary at first, <laughs> um, because I also didn't quite know like what direction to go in. Um, and, but I had faith that like, you know, it's just going to be one foot in front of the other. I'll, I'll sort it out. Maybe, maybe it's just going to be multi-trumpet, you know, duets or something. That's not what it is, you know? Um, but, um, it's been an interesting sort of challenge to just go, okay, what, what do I want to do? Where do I want to push myself? Um, I'm doing things now that I didn't think I would be doing or would have been doing when I first started doing this, you know, but having that, um, that structure a bit to go, okay, uh, Mondays we do multi-trumpet Mondays. Um, Tuesdays I'm going through these do hem etudes, I'm calling it, you know, do Tuesdays M or do dohem Tuesdays <laughs> um Wednesdays I do these verm etudes right so like Wednesdays with verm or whatever whatever the thing is um and I try to do some other um etudes on Friday um and then scattered in there these other etudes or these other recording projects with with Tim and and, and the people that that join us you know that we do um other things that we're kind of making movies and not just etudes but all of that to say that it's like well i'm programming for myself and that's a unique experience i've never really done that before i've always just done like well this etude will keep me in good shape and you know whatever if i play these 10 etudes then i'll, I'll be in good shape you know um and i've since recorded all the etudes that i knew <laughs> <laughs> basically um so uh you, you know, this idea of, you know, we're talking about motivation before or whatever, um, you know, it's just like, well, w- what are we programming for? Because I'm not used to not being told what to do, yeah you know? And that's another thing I think for students, you know, is like, and all musicians, not just trumpet players, you know, that we go into, into this idea of like, um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be this, you know, this artist and I'm going to, playing an orchestra is going to be the most wonderful experience in the world. And and for a lot of people, I include myself in this, that it's, it's an exercise and being told what to do, you know? And, um, sometimes that's unpleasant. Yeah, definitely. You, know, you, you get told to what to do and you're like, I would never do it like that, but you kind of have to, if it's, if the, you're all rowing in the same direction on that boat, (laughs) you know, it's like, I can't be the one that's like, no, I want to go over here. I want to go in this direction, you know? And, And so it's been freeing for me, um, to, uh, I've, I've tried to, like I said, I try to provide some structure for myself. So I keep myself on track because <laughs> obviously the sky's the limit. I mean, I could be recording whatever I wanted. I could be recording nothing, but I, I could be recording anything. Um, and so I try to provide that structure for myself to keep myself um, focused, um, but also be open to like, gosh, what do, I, what do I feel like doing? You know, what do I think people will enjoy hearing? What what do I have? I have something to say here. What, what's a good etude that I can kind of like, Get my point across um, with you know, like, hey, you know what, you you, you, you are going to have to play a high C strongly at the end of a couple minutes of playing. You can't, we can't be in situations where like high C's only come out when we're when in perfect situations, right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or or low G's only come out when I, when it's perfect, you know, this perfect situation, you know. So um, it it has certainly been freeing to me to program for myself um, and, and also interesting to see how other people are sort of programming for themselves.
0: You know? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm super into programming for musicians. It's what I've yeah. sort of yeah. taken on with my clients. I basically say, here's my programming. I'm going to teach you why I made all these decisions so right. you can make your own programs right. that are sort of based on it. So, um, do you want to dive mm-hmm. into some, some Q and A, spend about 10, 15 minutes doing some Q and A, uh, and then, yeah, well, I feel like you and I could talk forever, so I'm not trying to create a four-hour episode for people to listen to. No, dude, it's all
1: good. <laughs> I, I mean, just real quick, you know. I mean, you're you're asking like, um, you know, what now? You know, at the beginning of this segment of, of like, okay, I won the job. What now? Um, and, and there is that that element though that us being away and me programming for myself has brought into stronger f- focus, I guess, of like, yeah, what now? I mean, I'm. <laughs> I assume uh, that in six, eight months from now in, in Southern California that we will be able to have outdoor concerts. You know, we've got a new outdoor space that's that we will take possession of, I think in February. Um, so, you know, um, we're lucky that we have that space. We're lucky that uh, we've been able to make some recordings with the orchestra. Um, you know, but uh, the question is like, what now? And so the, that's what I was saying about the whole experimental aspect of of the last, you know, nine months now, um, uh, of like, you know, what now? Okay. Well, this is, this is it for the moment, you know, um, with an eye of doing some, some other fun projects and, and some other recording at some point in time, I'll run out of etudes, right? (laughs) (laughs) There's only so much that's, that's, uh, yes, it's a lot, you know, but there's only so much that, that I'm interested in recording, you know, like I have no interest in, recording every page of the Arbin's book or something. Sure, i doesn't sure, interest me. Sure. Um, but you know, at some point in time, we'll go back to work. Um, and, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, and collectively, not just me, you know, hopefully all of us are going to be back to work soon. Um, and, I, and I look forward to my original plan, which was, g- um, get tenure and, um, and then just like I just want at least one whole season to just play my part <laughs> and not be like, you know, just practicing all this other stuff that doesn't, you know, like kind of pulls away from, sure. from the orchestra. Yeah. Right. So I look forward to um, at some point in time sooner rather than later, just looking at my, my booklet that I get at the beginning of the season and going, okay, here are the big symphonies I'm going to need to know. Here's some other challenging things I'm going to need to know. Cool. I just want like a season where it's just like, I just want, I'm just going to play the book and enjoy Man, the simplicity and not of not have. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, but now that I've been doing these things, it also has shown me like, I can do other things, you know, and I can do other things that are meaningful to me and, and meaningful to other people. And I think that, that, um, has been, um, a, a guiding thing for me in the last few months of, of like, I just, I want to do things that I'm proud of, you know, that I'll look back in um, five or 10 or 20 years. And and, and again, like, like my buddy said, nobody can take that away from you, yeah. you know? And um, and then I can look back on this and go, I'm, I'm proud of what I did, you know? Like uh, it may not be perfect, but I know that it was the best that I could do. And, and I'm proud of the effort and, um, if I decide to re-record something, like you were saying, you know, it was like like maybe re-approach something in ten years from now, you know, and go, hey, you know what? I have a different take on this etude now. I'll be open to that, yeah. you know, whatever. But um, the idea being, uh, gosh, I, I have shown myself that I'm more than just an orchestral trumpet player. I've shown myself that I still can grow, <laughs> you know, um, in, in a in a in a space where I thought. Okay, I've made it. I've got tenure. I can, I, you know, like I've, I've reached the I've reached the personal goal. Um, is this it? No, it's not. I have more to offer. I I, I think. Yeah, you know. for sure. And, and I'll, I'll take the criticism. It's fine. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I just want to be doing things that I am proud of. And. Um, with other people, you know, when we collaborate with other people, it's like, I want other people to be proud of the effort (laughs) that they're doing. And, um, and the end result being like a great recording. Totally. And, and that, you know, I can look back and and everybody that we've worked with can look back and go, man, that was really strange, but hopefully we had some measure of fun (laughs) and um, in an otherwise dark period. And, um, and we're proud of this, you know, that, that we, we did the best we could, you know, you were on the, the, that discovery Mm -hmm. recording. Um, and it was like, you know, like we're doing our best. We're all recording in different spaces, you know? And, and I can only, I only hope that everybody that was on that recording, like felt good about that and, and is proud to do that sort of thing. Yeah, man. I love that. Um, I think it's, so
0: I think it's awesome that you're just like, It seems like you've talked about that there's different um, sort of principles or guidelines for the various Mm -hmm. projects you're doing, but it really seems like one of the overriding principles is I'm going to do the
1: absolute best I can with what I have right now. Well, what's the alternative? Exactly. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I mean, and like I said before, uh, I do not begrudge any of my colleagues or anybody else, uh, any other friends or anybody that has decided... I'm going to take a break, you know, I'm going to use this time to, you know, learn a new skill. Um, I'm, I'm just not going to touch the instrument for the, till like somebody pays me to go back to work. Right. I, I don't, I, that, that's fine. Everybody, you know, you do what you want to do. Um, stay out of my way, please. You know, like I won't take the criticism, <laughs> you know, from somebody that's decided not to do anything. Um, but, uh, you know, all of that to say though, that like, um, the alternative for me to not, you know, uh, a friend of mine in college said, you know, you either create or you consume, you know? Now I know that there are lots of shades of that. And there's probably more than just create or consume, but I've tried to look at this time of like, okay, it's either create or consume. So I want to create and um, that keeps me uh, in a happy place. I, I shouldn't say happy place. It keeps me in a place mentally that, um it, it pushes that sort of like we have this wall in front of us. I can't see beyond tomorrow, you know, I just can't see what's happening. And so it just push, pushes that further away. So I don't feel like I'm just up against a wall, Ow. right? That I am, um, <laughs> I'm making plans and, and it puts me in a place mentally and then physically where I'm, I'm in good shape. Yeah. You know, um, I know that for me, I'm the type of person, if I have zero plans, that only works for so long yeah yeah (laughs) that that i gotta i gotta do something and so programming for myself was where i was at i was like okay this this is the direction we're gonna go now and um i think that should be stay this course until i think that should be the
0: next episode just talking about programming talking about how we set ourselves up with systems for for success and stuff based on the goal for sure
1: yeah but you know in, in the end all of it all of it is is you know um you, you and I are more than, than our jobs, right? And this has just been an opportunity um, in a time of sort of extreme darkness in our industry <laughs> um, to, to go, you know what? I can actually focus on something else other than worrying about my friends who are not working and, and, and me <laughs> who is not working. Um, friends of mine who are not making any income at all. Um, that's deeply disturbing to me. Um, it, you know, and I, and I worry about that. Um, I worry about them. Um, And what helps me sort of like get through the day, I guess, um, is to sit down and go, I'm going to, I'm able to block a lot of that stuff out when I have a trumpet against my face. And when I know that the end, by the end of this recording session, I'm going to have something (laughs) that is going to be put out online. So my focus has to be there, not on um, somebody else, sure. you know, and so that that m- may seem a little crass, um, but it's what I've had to do to not be uh, depressed, you know, um, to to not worry about things that are l- really out of my control. Yeah, you know, and I think that's one more thing uh, that that this time away has helped me understand is like well, just having a better understanding of what I control you know, and, and it's always a lot more than what I think I can control, you know, and, and, and the payoff is, uh, I, you know, feel like I am creating things, which makes me in turn feel good about my place in society at the moment. Sure. (laughs) Sure. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, that for me, um, just trying to create something on a, almost daily basis, you know, even though these etudes aren't aren't released, um, on a daily basis, but, you know, just that satisfaction of, okay, I, I created something. So, um, a lot of other people be the judge of how good of a creation that was, but I did try my best and I did try to create something and did try to bring some measure of, of, you know, normalcy, some measure of, 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 you know, Hope to people, um, you know, of like, gosh, uh, Chris doesn't really sound that good on that etude. I, 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 gosh, I guess I can like win a job in an orchestra. <laughs> <drive. laughs> you know, um, I, I don't mind the self-deprecating humor, you know, but but like, um, seriously though, like that that level of okay, like we're gonna have this educational aspect, and it's more than just on the trumpet. You know, it's you know trying to say hey we, we do positive around here. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to let things affect you. It's okay to, you know, whatever, but like, please keep in mind, like there are things we control here and it's more than what we think we control. And, um, so if nothing else, these etudes and that structure has helped me, um, just grab a little bit of control um in a seemingly out of control situation at the moment for those of us in the in the music and particularly orchestral industry yeah I
0: mean, i hear you I, I i totally identify with everything you've just said in my own yeah. obviously like you said i'm cracking it a little bit differently than what you are but it's yeah. exactly the same thing just trying to focus on what i can can control
1: yeah i mean you know like i've you know, I've talked to with my wife and, okay, we have this nice mic and try to do some other things with this, with, with this particular speaking mic. And I think, okay, well maybe I could, you know, do a podcast or something. I don't want to, I don't want to challenge Ryan. (laughs) It's like, like, I feel like that would be viewed as like, no, he's, he's cracking that nut. That nut is being cracked. I don't need to do what he's doing. You know, um, I thought about, gosh, I could, excuse me, I could record an etude every day. It's like, no, Jim Wilt's doing that. I don't need to do that. I need to do something else. I need to, I could shade to those things. I can, I could interview, um, a friend or, or just do my own sort of like speaking thing and do my own podcast or something. But, you know, I also have an eye to like, um, this isn't a competition. I don't want to, I don't want to go up against you, Ryan. I don't want to go up against Jim. I want to do my own thing and have the, the three of us each with our own voice, um, speaking to people that that's what resonates with them. You know, like that's my goal at least um, is to not go head to head with anybody. I don't, that's, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll do that in the gym <laughs> You know? and I'll still probably get mowed over, <laughs> but that's not, that's never, that has never been my interest in on the trumpet is to try to, you know, go toe to toe with somebody or challenge somebody. It's just, you know, I, I've, I've, learned many years ago that like we, you know, we talked about our own paths before, I think on the last episodes, like, I, I know what my lane is. I just want to stay in that lane and, and, you know, make grow out from there, but I'm not interested in jumping sure. lanes, you know, uh, cause I don't think I'd be good at it, you know, and, and I think it's so cool what you're doing and, um, you know, I appreciate you calling me and, and, and I, you know, uh, Listen to your episodes when I can, and um, I still have many to catch oh, up sorry. on. But, um, it's all right, man. I, I yeah, I appreciate uh, what you're doing and, and the, the the real things that you bring to um, to light, you know, in, in our industry and and through these conversations with uh, with all the people that you've interviewed. You know, I think it's it's vitally important, um, if nothing else, because I know that there are people like me out there that that thought one thing. <laughs> you know it's like oh uh, no it, it must be perfect you know if, if it's not perfect then it, then i'm not worthy to share it online or if it's not perfect then i'm not worthy to play in in a in a um, full-time symphony orchestra if it's not perfect then then i'm nothing as a trumpet player or as a musician and um i i don't believe that because i know that it's not true uh, because i know that i'm not perfect <laughs> you know and and so i'm actually much more comfortable, is as, as, as odd as that thing is to say, I'm actually more comfortable being real. Um, although it took a little bit of practice to feel comfortable with that, but um, I am now more comfortable with, with being real about expectations and being real about um, what it takes to, um, yes, um, put something out online that I think is of high quality you know, um, you know, for you playing, playing a B-shaped, that's, that's no joke. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's a, that is a feat. That is an undertaking that you've, you've made an agreement with yourself to, to do. Um, But, you know, it's important to me, it's important that uh, people see real challenge, (laughs) that it doesn't come easy to all of us, you know, even though we may make it look easy. Right, um, we may. You know, I've had many people comment like, "Oh man, you make it look so easy. You make it sound so easy." And it's like you have no idea like how challenging that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I go, "Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the kind words." But I know that it's that some things that I that I've recorded and put out. I was like, "Man, that is like literally the hardest thing I've ever had to do." <laughs> you know, but I feel more comfortable now sharing that stuff, and 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 it, and it's proven. Relevant by the people who have reached out saying thank you. Yeah, and you know, so I believe that um, what you're doing and, and and what I'm doing and what a few other people are doing is um, just so important. It's so important to to have a healthier outlook and healthier understanding of of what we are doing. Those of us who have seen some measure of success in in this industry, you know, to for for a particularly, uh, younger generation, um, of trumpet players and maybe even other professionals, you know, um, that are looking to, you know, win other jobs or whatever that, um, you know, it's okay. It's a challenge. If it wasn't a challenge, it wouldn't be worth doing, you know? I mean, if it was easy, like everybody yeah. would be doing it you know? Um, so it just having people understand like, yeah, these, these are challenging things and, um, and I don't mind challenges. I, I don't like to do things where, um, uh, it's hard for hard sake, you know? Um, I don't like doing stupid things where I'm just, you know, like spinning my wheels. Like I would never, uh, like I said, I would never record the first page of, of the Arben's book, just a bunch of whole notes. Like that seems like an exercise in futility to me, but I don't mind doing challenging things. You know, I don't mind picking an etude and going, okay, this is going to probably take me a couple of days <laughs> to, to, to really get this recorded well. Um, so I think, um, we can do challenging things. I think we can do hard things. Um, that is also the expectation, you know, that, that, we, we conquer, <laughs> we conquer challenges as a, as a humans, you know, it's what we do. And, um, certainly as musicians, it's what we do. And, um, um, also you and I have talked about this before of, um, you know, creating challenges for ourselves so that like when, when we do have to play, let's say a, um Petrushka solo that um that's suddenly easier. Yeah, right. Right. You know? Like if we're only meeting the bar, then then we just kinda keep banging our head into the bar, right? It's like I'd I'd rather create challenges for myself that that I'm like, oh now when I go back and play this thing, um, it's way easier. Um. So that that's another idea with these etudes. Like you know, I'll never have to play the trumpet for four minutes straight in the orchestra, right? I mean, that's just a, <laughs> that's just unheard of. Um. But the fact that I did it on some of these etudes and 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 it came off well. Um. The next time that I've got a big blow in the orchestra, I'll just remember, like, man, I've I've done this before, and this is only thirty seconds. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: like <laughs> you when know. you're designing something with like etudes for this example, but it could be anything and like what you said about just meeting the bar the way i think about it is like you're essentially like if all you're concerned with is somebody else's program this thing i got to learn that thing you're essentially letting other people dictate like what your growth will be right and so doing like what you're doing or like i said with what i'm doing with the beach thing i'm like consciously taking my growth back into my own hands and saying all right well being real with myself what do i need to work on how would i best go about doing that and then you know, I'm the same way as you and, and it's gonna relate to a question I have here that we can get started with, but
1: yeah, yeah, um
0: yeah. making it into like a series that I'm gonna record for, like I, I I took off doing it weekly and I just will do it when I'm ready to do it. But committing to yeah. recording these these days, putting it on my YouTube channel, like trying to make it into a thing, mm-hmm. like adding that slight extra amount of pressure makes me take the process more seriously. That's right. the only reason right. I would do that is because if not I'll just like be like, "Oh, well, I learned this but like I don't care enough to finish the see the process through, you know." Right. So um all right, that's going to be all for this episode. Like I said, we will have a follow-up Q&A portion where a few people send in some questions and we sort of had a long discussion about those answers. That's going to happen in a few weeks, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I want to thank Chris Smith, even though he can't say it, Uh, thank him for uh, just being real, being honest about how he feels about this kind of stuff. It's nice to have a real conversation about some of the struggles that professionals are having and being able to connect in that way. Check out his stuff. You can find him at Tromba Chris on Facebook and Instagram, and he's got a YouTube channel, Christopher Smith as well. So check any of that out if you're interested. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please consider giving it a rating and a review on iTunes. And don't forget to share it on social media so other people can find it too. I want to thank Brandon Yokum for his work on mastering this episode of the podcast. And most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening. Stay strong, be kind to yourself, never stop growing, and we'll see you next time.